We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. everyone and welcome to the Gilcast. You're either listening to this on the Sports Graded Fantasy Football Podcast feed or the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Nate Noling and Sammy Reed. Uh, if you guys like to come into the shows where we lose, gonna be gonna be a bad show. Um, Nate pretty much had the the cash game nuts, and I think say uh, I, I I don't know about your results, Sammy, but uh, I think we both ended pretty clearly in profit i do think um hey very much pains me to say it i i do think i don't think nate played the optimal team but i do think he played better than than us that's that's where i'm at yeah he did he did one thing that was really mentally strong and we'll we'll go over that um yeah but yeah Two, two, two things. Uh, Nate, two Nate's, things. Nate's, Nate's, Nate's signaling that he did two two things one of them the results weren't there but the process was yeah. uh yeah not sure about that one chief let's let's get into it yeah all right so the Gilcast scores nate scores 187.32 he plays tom brady antonio gibson jamal williams cooper cup hunter renfro chris godwin foster moreau sony michelle and the dolphins defense uh sammy and i each scored 174.08 we played gardner Minshew, antonio gibson jonathan taylor brandon Ayuk. Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Foster Moreau, Sony Michelle, and the Raiders defense. 
clearly what Sammy and I fucked up was the combination of uh, mentally weak paying for a $2,800 defense instead of just punting defense so that we could play Hunter Renfro instead of Brandon Ayuk. Not that, not that uh, the Ayuk Raiders combo was like, oh my God, I can't believe we did that. It was the dumbest shit ever. But clearly Ayuk and any punt, de- or clearly Renfro and any punt defense um, was better than, because it, 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 there was no reason to play the Raiders defense. Ne- neither of us felt strongly about it. No. Um, no, it, it, it was just a mistake. It was just it, bad. It was, it, it was just bad. And I mean, Renfro is just so, so, so mentally strong. I mean, it was a clear, just a clear spot, right? With Waller out and Renfro just gets like all these targets. And we, uh, yeah. He's just, he's like Julian Edelman, dude. That's he's yeah. just like West Coast Julian Edelman. Like he's locked in. To, he's never like what, like he's just getting, uh, when's the last time he got less than 15? So I guess week 11, but he, I mean, he's averaging 15 fantasy points per game. He's had two games in single digits all year. Um, he he was a he was a better play straight up than Brandon Ayuk, and it was oh yeah, Brand- Brandon Ayuk is a cuck, and and he was getting shut out for most of this game, and we we were lucky to get any points out of him, honestly. Well, yeah, I, I I don't think Brandon Ayuk was a bad play. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't bad. I, I just, he wasn't bad. He in just the context, wasn't as good. though, like yeah. there's literally a guy who in cash games you. Like I just think it's 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 expected value it's positive expected value long term to get the guys who are going to get targets. I think we love in the fantasy community to overrate the talent, the upside, and I get that Brandon Ayuk is more exciting. Like, yeah, Hunter Renfro doesn't make it move a thirty whatever he is old white guy with balding. Like, yeah, on Derek Carr versus uh, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I get the upside that's there, but at the end of the day, in cash games, like these are seventeen week seasons where we play how many weeks of cash games like it is it is just a plus expected value long term to take the guaranteed volume and there was nobody who could have told you going into this game that they thought Brandon Ayuk was going to get more volume than Renfro Nate, what, it, what was what was Renfro owned uh bigly yeah he was in the $25 double up I mean Ayuk was Ayuk was also Ayuk was also huge owned Sammy our team was a huge train huge and- train Huge train, but the even bigger train was our team with the Steelers defense instead of the Raiders defense, which would have been, that's a six point difference, which would have been like a clean sweep for you and I had we played the Steelers defense. Um, we, we lost by six points to a huge train, like, like one of the most duped teams I've ever seen. So right now I'm looking at the, the giant $25 double up uh, starting at 402 all the way down to there, there were like, there were like over, there were like over three, five percent of the entries played our team with the Steelers defense instead of the Raiders. There was almost a combined like ten percent of the field that played the exact same lineup minus D. Like, yeah. so Ayuk was nearly thirty-eight percent owned. I think he in the twenty-five dollar double up, he was the third most owned wide receiver. And and, and Renfro I, was a slightly less owned at thirty yeah. percent. And I get it. I mean, I think, but I do actually think like long term. It, it does make sense to play the guys who are going to get the target volume, even if your upside projection on it is a couple points less. Like in tournaments, I played more Ayuk than Renfro, unless it was a Raiders stack. But like, yeah, I just think in cash games, it makes sense to play guys like Renfro. Well, and and look, I mean, George Kittle had like 50 fantasy points and uh, him and Ayuk were like basically what the projections were is people were projecting those guys to kind of split that middle of the field role and it just all ended up being kittle it just was all it was just was all kittle 
Yeah, but like when you just think of a Las Vegas offense who, who's going to pass the ball, like San Francisco's pass attempts versus Las Vegas pass attempts, the overall target share, how comfortable Derek Carr feels with Renfro, like the target projection wasn't even close. No, you are you are completely you are completely one hundred percent correct. Renfro is better. However, I do think that the Jamal Williams play was way thinner than you thought, and this was why Sammy and I did what we did, which was we played. Uh, uh, I mean, it really was a 2v2, but it ended up being the 4v4 was Brady, Jamal Williams, Renfro, Dolphins versus Minshew, Jonathan Taylor, Ayuk, cheaper defense. But really, it was a 2v2. You know, I think the, the, the wide receiver three DST stuff didn't play into it that much. And Jamal yeah. Williams played 47% of the snaps. Godwin Igwebuke played 39%. Jamar Jefferson played 11%. Jamal Williams was targeted one time. In this game, Jamar Jefferson was targeted once, and Iguabuke uh, was targeted twice. And I, now I, I'm not saying that Jamal Williams was bad, but you're you are about to I be. Am. But Nate, <laughs> Nate look, is, look, look, bro, you you go to the candy store and you got all these delicious. You know, you got your payday, and you know, you got your you got your hundred grand. And Nate just, I mean, we just had all these awesome running back values everywhere, and Nate reached for a poop. And unwrapped it and ate the poop. And, and that it's was not as, no, it's not as, no, no, not Sammy, as, Sammy, this the, is a bad the truth. Take. The no, truth this, is, this is the truth the is in the middle. No, the thing, okay. the thing is, is by Sunday morning, Jamal Williams was not in optimals anymore for a I, lot for a lot of people. Because I think people overrate matchup, they overrate team efficiency, uh, and other things like that when it comes to running backs. At the end of the week, at the end of the day, last week we saw Jamal Williams. Uh, get 15 targets in five uh, or 15 rushing attempts in five targets. I had him projected for 65% of the rushing attempt share with a 14% target share at five point, whatever K he was 5.4 K that is a positive expected value play long-term. I understand it didn't work out this week, but, and- but it, it is, it is in a vacuum, but I think in the context of all of the guys at the running back position this week, I think he is a break-even play at best. And and dis- the, the thing is, is he- if you get a guy, if you get a running back at that at that price, who's going to see sixty-five percent of the rushing attempt share and fifteen percent of the targets, he long-term you will make money jamming in those touches but he had- and fading efficiency, team efficiency, and and team totals when it comes to running. But back he had the lowest games. floor. He clearly had the lowest floor out of Sony, Eli. Gibson, Madison, Connor, Fournette, even Sanders. Uh, no, Sanders has a lower no. floor. Sanders has a lower floor. Yeah, because because Sanders I think goes Eli's out floor every day. That's I think Eli's Sanders floor does. is potentially lower based on the passing. Stone but, Stone disagree. He's getting like thirty touches a game. Stone Stone okay. disagree. There cannot be based, swayed there. Based on the passing work, there was no way that we could have assumed that last week Eli Mitchell's targets were sticky he was the, he was to, the only he was the only running back who got a target in this game for the 49ers. But San Francisco San Francisco has shown that, that 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 is not a part of their offense where DeAndre Swift literally has shown to be like that yeah but Jamal Williams is not DeAndre does. Swift bro he got five targets last week in the like he, and 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 were all of the running backs active that were active this week uh yeah yeah. Uh no, Jamar Jamar Jefferson Jamar Jefferson was the healthy scratch last week. But Jamar uh-huh. Jefferson wasn't. Jamar Jefferson ran like four snaps or something. The, it was. The but I mean, Jamar J- Jamar Jefferson was the one in. Uh, no, Igwebuke was the one. 
who took all the work. But, but Jamar Jefferson like was the, the one who stole the snaps in the game that um, the game we all played DeAndre Swift and he, he sucked. I don't even remember who it was against, but Jamar Jefferson was the one who stole the work there. I, yeah, I don't know. I, there's San Francisco, you know what, you know what, San Francisco you know what, with he Jeff was, Wilson. He was, five, and he was five point four, and you and you get what you pay for. You know, you, you get what you pay for. I I I, 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 I disagree. I took the this time, but long term, I think if I continue to make plays like this, which I have my entire DFS career, it's profitable in cash games. Well, yeah, I, I, I what, super... what Davis is saying and what I'm saying is that is that I think on a normal slate, it's it is totally fine. Like he was not total play, total in, jam in the context. total jam on a normal slate. Yeah. yeah. In, in the context of like, there were so many great running back values. And I think originally before it, it, it was clear that Henderson wasn't going to play a role. Well, and before, all... before Minshew became playable, Jamal, Jamal Williams is a total jam. If Minshew is not playable because, because of the salary savings that he provides total jam. Well, it may... here's, here's my top four running backs of the week. I had Sony is the number one, like very clear. I had JT, I had Antonio Gibson, uh, and then I had Jamal Williams, Eli Mitchell, and Fournette. To me, I I did look at Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor obviously was a smash play. I, like I'm never gonna like say that's a bad play. I just think at the end of the day, when you can get three running backs with that workload of Sony, Antonio Gibson, and uh, Jamal Williams, and then get the Tom Brady, the Chris Godwin, the Cooper Cup, like that's the way to build lineups long term in cash games on DraftKings. Like jam in as many touches as possible, get the upside from the receivers and don't flake out on, if you miss it wide receiver, it like kills you. And so I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, but Nate, you, you looked a gift horse in the mouth with, with Minshew because Minshew, Minshew yeah. is, is Minshew is not a good quarterback, but compared to some of the other 4k quarterbacks that have been played in DK history, like Deshaun Kaiser, uh, who is the other one that people played this year? There was another one. Justin Fields. I mean, there's been bad quarterback. Yeah, Fields. Remember that week, Sal- Sammy Galaxy Brain is lined up with Mason Rudolph. Like M- Minshew is is like multiple standard deviations better than those guys, and he was playing the Jets, and he runs a little bit. Yeah, I I, I do think you guys ran well with Minshew. I get the process. No, no, we, no, we, we ran, ran we ran, ran bad. We ran he, bad. He, he had like one fifty and two at the half. Yeah, he had, Eagles, he had, the Eagles are these cucks. He was like, like you he play was a guy in Madden for, who starts running the clock out in the third quarter. That's the Eagles. Like we ran. He was bad like there. he like didn't throw an incompletion until the second quarter. He ran hot. At the end of the day, to get that from that level of quarterback, you guys ran hot. At the end, I mean, of the, honestly, like, Nate, there's just no way to deny that his efficiency. You could not have said that you projected this efficiency going in. I I had him projected for 17.6 DraftKings points, and he got 18.7. So I, I think he ran, honestly, he got right about to expectation yeah. and had, had one thing, you know, had the Gainwell touchdown, been a passing touchdown, had the, I mean, that game looked like it was going to be a shootout for a little while. So the floor ceiling, are you familiar with the, with the metric that ETR uses? They have a model. It's, it's called the PSM. Are you familiar with it? <laughs> Okay. Is, Gardner, no, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew. I do not, I do not, I do not. I do not co-sign this. I'm not one of these Gardner Minshew people, but I thought also, by the way, I do think the difference between a $4,500 quarterback and the $4,000 quarterback is something that we don't appreciate. Like Mason Rudolph was a $4,500 quarterback. Fields was 4,800. Like the stone men quarterback, like sometimes if he gets 15, sometimes it's, it's fine. Now in this, in this slate, 
this was a super high scoring slate. Um, so, so I like, I don't, there certainly the Minshew play get goes worse than the Brady play does a lot of the time, but the, the upside of getting Jonathan Taylor over Jamal Williams, over Eli Mitchell, over James Connor, uh, felt pretty good. And J, I mean, JT ran bad. It was the first, it was, this was the first game in his career that he didn't get a target. So you lose, you lose a little bit of that floor. And they brought in the third string running back to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter instead of letting him get it. Yeah. Ultimately, you guys did the JT Minshew combo over Jamal Williams and Tom Brady. And, Brady. and for me, that's basically, that's basically the two B. That, no, yeah. that, that's for me, not, one that's of those. not what I would have done. Okay. But but what, for I, me, what I honestly would have done is, is not played uh, Jamal Williams still and not played Cup. You would, yeah, you would have played, you would have played Deontay. Yeah. But essentially, and, and that's that what our two V2 was. Essentially, that's what our 2v2 was. The IU Renfro thing, whatever. We've debated that. But essentially, yeah. you guys you guys said, I think the floor upside combination of JT and Minshew is better than Tom Brady and Jamal Williams. And that's where I would just say, like, one of those feels very clearly, like, GPP-oriented. One of those feels very clearly cash game-oriented. See, like, I, think, Tom- I think JT feels way better for cash because you are basically eliminating any uncertainty. JT never in his life is getting less than 20 here. Never, ever in a million years is he getting less than 20 against the Texans. They gave, they, they, no, he rushed I the ball, Tom Brady. He, he rushed Tom the ball Brady 32 the times against the Houston Texans, who, by the way, uh, I, I hate to get my hand in the dirt in this, but the, the thing that finally got me off, because I had the Brady-Jamal Williams team for most tell, of the tell me, tell me it was Tell me it was middle linebackers, that Cunningham yep. being it was, it no. was the middle. It was the middle linebacker middle being linebacker. inactive, and that's why I went Jonathan Taylor. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just need a Hand psychological – you, Sometimes you just need a psychological reason to decide something, right? Like you kind of want to do it, but you're undecided. And sometimes your brain just needs a pattern to attach to. And that was the thing that my brain atta- – I was like, I, I think I saw Thorman – tweet about it. i think thorman said uh you know x y and z this this guy's out that's gonna have an impact on their run defense this this and, is incredible and you saw and you saw eric did you see that eric kendricks was out though for minnesota no i don't know who oh, that is yeah yeah he's one of the best linebackers the last thing i'll say on this on this discussion is just i think overall the fantasy industry and i get like this is what we do is overvalue context and get prideful about our ability to analyze a slate in a vacuum versus at times it's just as simple as like play the most touches in your lineup be a profitable cash game player and i think at times we overvalue context and our jt jt got the most got the most touches of any running back 32 buddy 32 we like touches we like fading guys like jamal williams at his price long term does not seem sharp i would say i would say in general average week where we have like five running backs that we're considering i can totally buy that in this week where there were i i think we had 12 positive value running backs on dr um etr had even more than us um because they were a little bit they were a little bit higher on gaskin than we were uh i uh I just I I don't I don't think that Jamal Williams play was bad. And I don't but, obviously but he, I don't but, but but you spend the money on a quarterback. You spend and and you're talking about us running hot with Minshew. I mean Tom Brady threw for no, no. It's not Tom Brady it, running it, hot. It, this is it, who Tom Brady correct. is. Yeah, it's just what it's just Damn, what the Bucks like, want to do. No, it, it, clear, clearly he was a really good play, but to have like every single one of their touchdowns go through the air is like it, it's they, they they lead the NFL in 
Pass rate uh, over pass, expectation. Pass, pass to run ratio. And in, 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 not, not in general, but in the red zone. They, they are the most pass rate over expectation team in the red zone in the NFL because they want Tom Brady to win the MVP. Brady wants to win the MVP. We, like we, we just all know this. And, yeah. he's, and he's going to win the MVP. He is going to win the MVP. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is there anything – I mean, didn't consider for a second swapping off Sony – didn't consider for let's, a second. Let's not talk about that. Foster. I thought that was really interesting because uh, Daryl Henderson was ruled active. And here's here's the thing is that, you know, the Sharps figured out. And, you know, I was out, like, doing family stuff. And I'm, I saw it on Twitter. And I texted Davis. And Davis is like, no, it's fine. Like, they just have them active. I, I, I do actually think, by the way, looking at ownerships and tournaments and in cash, I do actually think some people swapped off of him. Do, I, he was more widely owned than I thought he'd be. I thought more people would jump off of him. What so, do you think was was driving that? So I'm like, looking at the red. I'm looking at the red zone, and I see him at 25 percent in the big red zone. Um, when he was the number one points per dollar value on every site that does projections, and I'm looking at the giant 25 dollar double up, and Sony was less owned than Gibson. Um, and Gibson obviously is is it was you know a, a fantastic play too. But I actually do think. Some people, uh, maybe maybe five to ten percent of people, swapped off him because Henderson was active. Because if you if you well, were just playing that straight, if you if you were just playing it straight up, um, he was the the best play on the board. Yeah, I agree. But I think there, I understand why his ownership was the way it was. As you're building, there's no swap options. At, at it was it was Pat time. it was Pat Fryermuth or Deshaun yeah, Jackson. So- and I think in this week where we talked about so many running back values and everything else like that, I understand why some people at 1150 are like, if I don't have clarity in this situation. Well, there, there was another swap out there where you could get, you could swap off cup and you could play uh, Deontay, McLaurin. De, Deontay and someone, I think, I think maybe um, some other wide receiver, some, some other decent wide receiver. I, I don't remember the exact swap, but it was, De, it was uh, cup to Deontay and then Sony to some like six K guy. I think Mitchell. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was probably, yeah, I, I looked at a swap. I thought it was like, McClo- it was like cup to McLaurin and Mitch and Mitchell over Sony or something, but yeah, there weren't a ton of swap at that specific price tag. And so I, I do think I understand why people like faded because ultimately you're just analyzing news. Like- but if, but if Henderson, if Schefter tweets at uh nine 45 central time, Daryl Henderson's not only is he not the emergency back, he's just out. Sony's going to be like 80% owned 80. I I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think that was, that was one of the things. Let's see. Uh, He ended ended 43% in cash right around there. Yeah. Um, I I have the ownerships. I have the ownerships pulled up right now. So we also all played cup who was only 42%, um, which is, is interesting considering that he's Cooper cup and, and uh, you know, got, got the bonus scored a touchdown it was looking kind of tenuous there for a second, though. I think he had zero catches in the first quarter. I think I think he had I think he had two for thirteen before the last drive of the second quarter. Actually, if this I, is why he, Cooper Cup is just a stone goat because he was yeah. getting shut out and we were tilting our faces off because that that chucklehead, whatever, like number eighteen, that guy like caught a thirty-five. Oh yeah, Skaronic got on the board before. Yeah, 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 Skaronic, the jabroni. So he. He's, he gets 35-yard pass, and Cup's got nothing, and the Rams are up, and we're like, this is really bad for Cup. And then, you know, I go vape for a minute, and I come back, and Cup has the bonus and a touchdown. It's so great. 
that cup ownership is just shocking to me. There's no other high price wide receivers that were like, there's no dig. Justin no, Jefferson was 13%. But like Minshew was 30%. I'm surprised cup wasn't way higher. Like, I don't know how people built like did, did either of you guys consider Devonte Parker? I see that he's 14%. He, he not, was in like, I remember not looking. In cash. I, I, I remember looking at our optimals and he was in like optimal number, like 53 out of 150 or whatever. It was, it was just, it was just the way the slate broke down where I did have him in some GPPs as like the, as, as my salary saving guy um, because he was popping in models. But like at the end of the day, all the value was in running backs. So you want to spend at receiver, right? You you're getting this free money. Like you don't want to, you don't want to punt and have a guy who's coming fresh off of injury who can, really just tank you out when other people are getting points from such luminaries as Brandon Ayuk, right? So yeah, I, I did not consider Parker in cash. Yeah. I I how about I Godwin getting really seven. Either. How about Godwin getting 17 targets? Like yeah. That that was nice. Yeah. Obvious Fif- plays smashes. It's, 15, it's 15 for 143. This is such a different thing about DFS now versus like five years ago is like Godwin coming off that bad game would have been like way less chalky. Yeah. But now, but now everyone just knows, which is a little unfortunate was definitely, was definitely a prove it week though. I thought, I thought if you, if you played anyone other than Brady or Minshew at QB, you were dust. Um, honestly, I think if you played anyone other than cup, Godwin, Ayuk, Renfro, or T as your as your wide receivers. I think it was not great. And uh, honestly, I think if you didn't play Foster Moreau, you, you just don't get the mechanics of the game. Like I obviously I think Moreau is an awful tournament play, but I I think that um I think that he was just stone cold optimal in, in cash. Yeah, and he yeah. was he was like 70% in cash or something like that. He was so highly owned that even though he had a bad game, like we we weren't stressing on it at all because it, it kind of didn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, he was um, still, I mean, he was so owned in tournaments, 40% on Moreau in tournaments. Just, Oh my God. The, so bad. There's, there's still an edge. Why are we playing cash? Like, why are you playing cash? We have these fish out there playing Foster Moreau in GPPs. Cause people Nate, don't play Tom Brady in cash games. Nate, Nate, um, Nate did it. Nate, Nate. I think, I think your team was good, but I think that what you did at tight end was bad. So why don't you, you go through your red zone team first. Well, one second. I, I want one more cash game. Did you guys consider Javante Williams at all? Like, why were we not? Sir, he was in the night game. Nate, sir. Oh, <laughs> he would have been, he would have been, he would have been, uh, he would have been more owned than Sony. He would have been, he would have been, yes. he would have been 95% owned. Probably that people love Javante. That was, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. Um, all right. So red zone, uh, what was my team? I did. I had Brady doubles he's, everywhere. It's just like, hold on. I, I was, I like, he's just, he's just, he's just looking at his spreadsheets and he sees all of Javante's <laughs> expected points. Yes. I'm like looking at running back. I'm like scrolling for Javante. Williams. And I'm like, Oh crap. What Javante? Why didn't I think of Javante? Yeah. Like, it. um, all right. Uh, what team? Okay. Oh wait, should I do the Moreau team that you guys roasted me on? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I did a, I mean, I think I only really played two like stacks. I did Brady stacks and then I had some Vegas stuff. Um, uh, so my, I mean, Brady was just a smash play this week. So I had um, in the spot, in the spot, I had Brady Evans and Godwin as the stack with Russell Gage as the bring back. 
Um, I knew yeah. that um, I knew that Mike Evans and Russell Gage were going to be really low owned. I thought I thought Evans was going to come in at single digits. He came in slightly over, but I, I mean, I, I was very confident Russell Gage was not going to be owned. Um, so I thought I could get a little more chalky with with running backs. So I went with Jonathan Taylor and Sonny Michelle. One other leverage spot that I felt good about, especially with Minshew, was Miles Sanders. I thought Miles Sanders was going to be the play I, I, that, I played him a little bit. Yeah. 100%. I thought Miles Sanders was like the same play as Elijah Mitchell, except like a fifth of the ownership. Yep. Um, a guy who's not going to get a ton of pass work, but I actually thought he had more pass work and cheaper and better ownership. So I thought Miles Sanders, I felt like I had plenty of leverage. So then I figured, uh, then I followed it up with uh, Moreau and Raiders. Um, and oh my God, I, Nate, Jesus. Okay. Here's the thing at tight end, to fade a 2.7K guy, I have to find someone that I feel extremely good about like their upside and outside of Kyle you just Pitts, you just cannot be playing 40 percent on punt tight ends dude you can't you can't be serious you can't be, you James, can't be James O'Shaughnessy it. is right there like yeah. okay easy game I easy game dude I, so O'Shaughnessy, I disagree I disagree to separate from the same he had the same volume projection as Moreau uh he just, he had, he, you, this is, this is like your thing, dude. It's, he had the same volume. He just was projected for worse efficiency because he's on the Jaguars. Yeah. You have I didn't Dan, have, you, I didn't have Arnold at 2.6 and he's not owned. Like how, how do you, he, not- he, he led, he led the Jaguars in targets. I see that, but I didn't have him that close. I, it was, it was giving up like two or three points of expectation. Would, would, at no, a position I, that I, I had him, to. I had him three points worse too, but I had them for the same, I, I think literally the same market share of the team's targets. I, I was, I would you I, have, I did, would you have yeah. played $2,600 Dan Arnold? If he, if Dan Arnold was 2,600, would you have played him over Foster? Of course, of course. I mean, I'd have to look at my projections, but probably, but wait, but stop. I, I don't want to get into Dan the Mike. Arnold. I don't want to get into the mic. I want to, okay. At a macro level at tight end, <laughs> unless I have a Kyle Pitts or a Rob Gronkowski or someone that I think can actually separate from the field at tight end. Yeah. George Kittle, bud. Okay, that doesn't you can't do that in this lineup. I only had 2700. I wouldn't have been able to build this lineup if I got up to one of those guys. And so punting off at tight end, taking the 44% owned guy when you know that the rest of your lineup has enough un- leverage for enough spots. Uh, yeah, completely you guys, unforgivable. Un- unforgivable. You guys just get blinders on. I I don't No, it's it's it is it, especially when you know that you have the most owned double stack. It's not the most owned double stack. I had the I had a 4% own bring back that after the morning games went off. I had no reason to get more leverage on this lineup. I wanted to be as highest projection possible because I was in fourth place after the afternoon to take a three point expectation loss. When you know, you are nowhere near duped. You are like how many, winning how many, the race. Po- how many points, how many points did you have after the morning games? I was in fourth place or something. Nate, Nate, you're saying you don't want to get into the weeds. You want to look at a macro level. Macro level is playing a 40% punt yeah. tight end in tournaments. Is, it's just bad. It's not going to, it's not going to get there. It's not I mean, I, I, I see the point that Nate is making that like his lineup to, was to good, give up so expectation just so that you can have a low owned guy at a tight end position where uh, it's just, you're not going to separate there. It's it's I, I'm not getting Kyle Pitts where I have a 20 point. I have a potential I to it. run away. You guys I are just it, I see take it the 10 ways. points. What was your what was your flex in that lineup? Michelle. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I. So, so I was like in the, fourth the, place going into the afternoon games with Foster Moreau, Sony Michelle, and the Raiders D. And I had a 4% owned Russell Gage. I had a uh, 10% owned Mike Evans. I had the nut double stack with a Jonathan Taylor bring like, and Miles Sanders. I had, it was a 220, there was no reason to get more leverage. Like, why would you give up projection just so that you can like I just, come uh, on a honestly, show and be like, oh, I was. You got to get, you got to get the, honestly, I just didn't, I just didn't build any teams with to to even have a min price tight end. Cause I thought that was the edge this week. I thought, I thought the edge of this week was just building lineups to be different than that. Yeah. And I guess that's fine. I felt like the edge was getting as much Brady exposure as possible, finding other ways like Miles Sanders, like Russell Gage, uh, like, I mean, I'm, to also, get, to get I'm also different. I'm also different in that way because in the, in the smaller field stuff, like in like the $12 and the $27 single entry, I'll do the most owned double stack. If I really think it's really good, which I did this week, but in the 50, the hundred, the double spy, I, I just like, when I go to go make those teams, I'm basically like players from that offense that is going to be the chalkiest. I don't play them like a huge um, chunk of the time. That's yeah. I mean, I get it. it wasn't- I'm looking, I'm looking at the team that, that won the red zone. This is so funny. So it was a Minshew Goddard stack, but the guy did it in the reverse. He played Kittle at tight end and he played Goddard at flex. So like he, Strong. he, 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 he set it up, he said, but he, he also played Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So he did, he did, um, he did that to, uh, to get off of Brady. You know, let me, let me just say, Nate, you're, you're talking about giving up expectation for ownership, blah, 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 blah. Like you have to understand like GPPs are not a spreadsheet game. It's a little bit more of an art and you know, that's, uh, it cost you. You had a good team, but Foster Moreau tough scene. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sammy, what was your team? Um, uh, in, I don't know. I did a bunch of single entries. Okay. I did a Stafford double stack. So one of my favorite things I did, I went, I thought, I thought this was good. I thought, yeah. I thought this was a good angle. Yeah. I did Stafford cup and van Jefferson and I brought it back with O'Shaughnessy. So I thought that was a, just, just a good natural way to go because Sony was going to be widely owned. And so I wanted to uh, have exposure to the Rams passing game and Moreau was going to be widely owned. And so it was really natural to get O'Shaughnessy as the pivot there. And also the bring back in that double stack, um, so I, I really liked that angle, did it in a lot of lineups. My running backs went with a three running back builds. I went Madison, James Connor, and Josh Jacobs. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we debated the Josh Jacobs on the, uh, on the Swolecast Davis. Um, but I thought he yeah, was- Yeah, I was, I was on the Jamal Williams side. I was with Nate. I know, I yeah. Love the, I'm, I'm, I love the Jacobs that, in tournaments though. Yeah, I'm expecting that PayPal transfer. Um, Go Josh Jacobs, nine targets and a touchdown. We love to see it. Um, and my cheap guy, my cheap receiver in this lineup was Josh Reynolds. And I played, I did in fact play this. I think team. that's fucking terrible, but. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and yeah. I played, I played uh, the Steelers defense in this lineup. So it, it actually did not cash. I think I scored 158.7, but that was not going to get it done in this, uh, in this in this day on this high scoring Sunday, um, but I like the but I like the ideas behind it. You know, it was it was one of those things where, you know, you really wanted to. There was so much running back value. I didn't play Antonio Gibson in any tournament lineup. Um, I didn't play Foster Moreau in any tournament lineup. Um, 
Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I had uh, a sweat again. Again, didn't get there. Actually, literally the exact – I've gotten eighth in the big red zone with 6,500 people twice now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I played uh, – let's see here. I played – this was a just – I all week I did it the school cast and everything, and I said I want to do – uh, I want to do Justin Herbert doubles. So I played Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, T Higgins as, uh, as my bring back. And, and this is the part that I, I wanted to talk about. Cause I actually think it's interesting. So is, I played the, is it that we played all, you played all of our, uh, troll cash game players like Keenan Allen I played the three chalkiest running backs. I played, uh, Elijah Mitchell. I played Antonio Gibson and I played Sony Michelle. The reason why this lineup, uh, the reason why I had a sweat, I mean, obviously T went nuts, but uh, George Kittle had 42 DraftKings points and the Lions defense at 2% owned got five points, which is whatever. It was just the only way to make the lineup work. And uh, I mean, I, I thought that the Bengals Chargers game was like the obvious, uh, you know, uh, way to get past uh, the, the Brady chalk. I thought George Kittle was the best play at any position this week um, because uh, to, to get my hand in the dirt without Debo, J- Jimmy cannot throw outside the hashes at all, literally cannot do it. So he can only throw in the middle of the field and either Ayuk or Kittle was going to have to get the ball that way. And obviously I got super lucky uh, what Travis Homer scores on a fake punt touchdown and just in general, the Seahawks, uh, I mean, they scored 30 points. It was like that, that was like more points than they had scored in their previous three games with Russell Wilson back combined. Um, but, but do you guys think that with 11% on Herbert, 9% Keenan Allen, 4% T, 5%, uh, 9% Mike Williams, 6% on George Kittle, it's fine to play the three most chalky running backs, or yes. is that still yes. a bad look? No, that's yeah. totally okay. I think it's that's good. that's the crux of the conversation is when you get off at certain points, can you take the highest projected plays in other spots? And the answer is yes. Like, I mean, the answer is yes, but I think it's better than a min price spot. tight end. Like that's, I, I think that's, and, and a 70% like min price tight end or a 40%, I guess, in tournaments. Like I would rather eat the chalk on running back because the projection is so less fragile. It does. It does feel, it does feel like also um, tight end range of outcomes are much wider. Like running backs are very rarely getting four. And, um, it feel, and, and also, you know, there are just more playable guys at, at, run, at running back. So it feels like creating the differentiation and points at tight end because they're not accessible, um, you know, anywhere else. Like it feels like getting, like getting 10 point, getting a tight end that outscores every other tight end by 10 feels like a huge differentiator. I would, I would agree with that, but that only happens at the top end. That only happens with the George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Tra- Travis Kelsey right. guys, which changes your whole build. So at two point, whatever, when you only have that, you're not separating from the position in a meaningful way. So don't take the loss in projection because you have a chance to bury yourself and you don't have the same upside that that leverage gets you where at running back, you actually can at 5k separate by 20 points from the field. You cannot do that at tight end. Like that's just not happening. James O'Shaughnessy isn't scoring 25 points like, yeah but 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 so if, you're taking but if a, o'shaughnessy gets 10 and moreau gets five that's that's still leverage like yeah. five points is a big deal in tournament lineups yeah i mean if kittle if kittle so they are you know they had fourth and goal from the three or whatever if kittle catches a touchdown on that play i get second for 
25k i'm not bitter like, it's fine it's fine but <laughs> but but kittle could have manned up a kittle little could've. bit in this game kittle, right kittle. i mean kittle look kittle just if you get 55 DraftKings points it's it's uh you know that's like half a bitcoin for me so you know no I actually had eli mitchell scored it would have done the same thing or i think i would have gotten third um had eli mitchell scored so thanks thanks these, jimmy these days it's probably more like 0.75 bitcoin i haven't checked yeah. but 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 I, I agree, and, and we talked about it on the Swolecast that George Kittle was, in fact, one of the best, probably the best in retrospect tournament plays that there was because he created... Not leverage. in retrospect, in, in previous spec. I told you on Wednesday, I said he's the best tournament play. Uh, buddy, I was touting him too. I was not... Yeah, uh, yeah I was... I, I should have played I should have played fucking Jacobs in this lineup. I, I know, been a I know. It's been mentally strong. Um, yeah. But- I mean, just just think about it theoretically, where Mitchell was was going to be highly owned, and Ayuk was going to be highly owned. So, and Moreau was going to be highly owned. And Kittle I mean, is the best player on the team anyway. Yeah, and Kittle's a stone beast. So it, it all made sense. The 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 the, the reason know, why the, dirt, the yeah, reason why Kittle wasn't so good. The reason why he wasn't more chalky with no Debo was one because there was an, a very obvious roster construction this week that everyone did with the Bucks doubles and, uh, uh, you know, Rams doubles, uh, even, even, um, I mean, you know, 11% Herbert, 9% Keenan, 9%, uh, Mike Williams, like those were, those were pretty popular as well. And it was just very hard, uh, to fit an elite tight because people wanted to play Jonathan Taylor. People wanted to play Alexander Madison. People wanted to play Fournette. Um, so it was, it was just harder to get there and you had to punt, you had to punt defense and, and how, I mean, how owned was the $3,300 dolphins? I'll look right now. Uh, and and I also, they were, they were 27% owned. So people were still really trying to pay up for defense. Yeah. That's that, that's also so bad. Uh, but I, I also agree with Nate that Miles Sanders was a tremendous tournament player. I I played, I played Miles Sanders in my Buccaneers double as that, as that leverage point. Yeah. yeah, and pretty much all of my leverage, like projection statistics stuff, it's almost all running backs because it was so, it condensed, the field condensed so much at running back this week. And there were so many good running backs that like Miles Sanders was literally the top of the sheet. Yeah. And, and can I just, I mean, Josh Jacobs, I also thought was a really strong tournament play because Antonio Gibson on the other side was going to be really widely owned. And then Moreau was going to be owned. Renfro was going to be owned and Jacobs. I mean, really this, this pass game role of his is, is really growing in a way that I think is kind of being under. And, and Jalen Richard was inactive. Exactly. So I, I thought, I mean, he was, Josh Jacobs was 0.7% owned. Like, I mean, I, I, I was, I was really happy with that outcome. I'm also, I'm also looking at um, some of the double ups and the reason I, I, to go back to cash, I just, our, our shit was so duped, Sammy, that we chopped so that we, we, we cashed, but we were getting like $24 back. Oh yeah. Yeah. It double was, up. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't we, realize that. Get our rake right refunded now. for this. It'd be cool yeah. if we did. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to, do we want to look at some of the salaries for next week and then get out of here? Sure. Yeah. So I to, what, what I need to do is see what Deontay Johnson is because like my brand is just taking a complete hit in the not, butt. Not on the main slate. Ah, oh, tough. Um, so Tampa Bay and Buffalo play next week. So there's your, there's your every, you know, everyone will, I, I where guess. Do pending, they, where do they play? In Tampa Bay. So okay, no good. weather. I was going to say. Yeah. Cause this game, this game on Monday night is going to be 
rough. Uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati play. Um, oh, Seattle plays against Houston. So we'll have the, you know, do, do we believe, do we believe in the semi rust resurgence? What he got? Oh, I was, I was going to say, are we getting a reboot of Adrian Peterson and cash baby? Let's go. He is 4,700. The Saints play the Jets if and Kamara is 7,900. Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, uh, no with, Cooper with Cup on the main Hill in there. He's he he's been borderline useless. I don't think you can pay for him. I don't I don't see any like nothing is leaping out to me right now. It's like oh I I gotta I gotta jam that guy. Well, I mean, C CPAT is under seven uh, k. He just he just gets there. I mean, he got he got twelve points yesterday without a touchdown, and he had a touchdown in his hands that got ripped out by the defender. So. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I know that uh, I know that Melvin Gordon um, probably has a decent chance to play, but Javante Williams will 5, be fifty nine hundred. The all time chalk. He will be Antonio Gibson levels uh, if Melvin Gordon does not. What, play. what about what about Amir Abdullah forty eight hundred dollars against the Falcons? What what are people going to do there with the timeshare between him and Hubbard? That seems kind of interesting because Abdullah is playing all the passing downs. What's the pricing? Forty eight hundred. Dang. Abdullah would be interesting to me more than Hubbard. Saquon hey. Barkley is down at 6,000. <laughs> it's too, too, too expensive. Yeah, too expensive. <laughs> um, I think Rex Burkhead for 4.6 moves it more than Saquon for 6K. Lamar. Well, Burkhead we, didn't get the workload that we would have expected. They were like, that was yeah, a weird what, game. They, they were probably using like, like uh, Jalen Samuels was in there getting touches. It was I mean, weird, they, they scored, they scored thought, b- b- dude, they scored zero points. It's like, it's I actually like, thought Burkhead was an interesting sprinkle in tournaments. Yeah. Um, but he, let's see, what did he, I mean, they just had like no success. Yeah, Royce Freeman possessions. saw Royce Freeman saw more snaps or more, uh, I guess. It, yeah. Jalen Smith, Royce Freeman. It was a three headed monster. I'm already, I'm already getting bad vibes from this slate, to be honest. Yeah. CD, is... CD, uh, Amari Cooper is 5,900 though against uh, the Washington football team. I like that. So he'll be, he'll be, he'll be there. Well, um, he's, he's less expensive than Hunter Renfro as he should be. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek, Tyreek at $8,500 is interesting because the Chiefs are just so fucking gross now. Like, I don't think, I actually don't think he'll end up being that popular. I, I'm, I'm getting bad vibes from this. I'm, I'm shutting this down. We need to, no, I mean, we need, well, well, here's this is not good. We need some injuries. Nobody wants to play the Chiefs anymore because the narrative is that they the don't, the, buddy, the Chiefs don't even want to play the Chiefs anymore. They don't even want to, they don't even want to be themselves anymore. I, I, may, I, may be into, I may be into uh, recalling the Chiefs double stack on this slate. Yeah, no thanks, dude. All right, I'm, we're getting out of here before we start touting Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, who's now well, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback 16 since week six. No thanks. All right, it's everyone, nice. thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back next week.